Amateur Radio Newsline Report number 2271 with a release date of Friday, May 7th, 2021 to follow in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. The following is a QST. A preeminent ham convention gets virtual replacement, fences get good shortwave reception, and were microwaves used as weapons in Washington, D.C.? All this and more as Amateur Radio Newsline Report number 2,271 comes your way right now. From around the world, this is Newsline. Amateur Radio's independent, on-the-air news and bulletin service. And now reporting from Valparaiso, Indiana, here's Paul Brown, WD9GCO. In Germany, hams are getting a virtual event as a substitute for Ham Radio Friedrichshafen, which was called off for the second year in a row. Ed Durant, DD5LP, tells us about the digital replacement. Hams disappointed by the cancellation of Ham Radio Friedrichshafen are being offered Ham Radio World, an industry trade show, as a virtual meeting place from Friday, June 25th to Sunday, June 27th. The CEO of Messe Friedrichshafen, Klaus Wellmann, called the event a digital version of Europe's leading amateur radio trade show. The three-day replacement event is free and is being coordinated with the DARC to schedule a variety of ham radio topics presented on the virtual stage and a showcase of cutting-edge products. Simulating an in-person environment as much as possible on the platform, the event will feature opportunities for video chat and customizable avatars representing visitors. For additional details, visit the website in the Newsline script of this week's report. From at Radio Newsline, I'm Ed Durant, DD5LP. Meanwhile in the U.S., Virtual Contest University and the 2021 Virtual Hamvention Forums are accepting registration for sessions being held live through Zoom. Separate registration is required for each event. Visit contestuniversity.com and hamvention.org for more details or to register. A probe in the United States is studying the latest in a series of reported attacks transmitting high-powered microwaves, with one such incident occurring on the south side of the White House late last year. U.S. lawmakers heard recently about that incident and another one in a nearby Virginia suburb, according to news reports. The suspected attacks on American soil appear to be similar to incidents reported by the U.S. personnel in China and Cuba, who reported an array of symptoms later termed Havana syndrome. The agencies are particularly disturbed about the more recent microwave-related incident reported on the south side of the White House across the Oval Lawn, known as the Ellipse. According to CNN, probes by the Pentagon and other agencies have reached no conclusions. Lawmakers in Washington were briefed recently on the progress of the investigation. In Maine, hams are getting ready for a special event this month that will share the tragedy of an American submarine and honor those who died. Kevin Trotman, N5PRE, brings us the details. 82 years after the submarine USS Squalo sank during a test dive in the Gulf of Maine, a group of amateur radio operators is devoting the anniversary date to remembering the tragedy. Although 33 survived the accident on May 23, 1939, 26 died. Members of the Maine Ham Radio Society will be calling QRZ at Special Event Station W1S, and a certificate will be awarded to hams making successful contacts with them. According to the Naval History and Heritage Command website, the sinking was attributed to a mechanical failure within the engine that caused the state-of-the-art submarine to begin taking on water 
It took until the 13th of September of that same year for the Squalus to be raised. It was brought to the Portsmouth Navy Yard and decommissioned that November. In May of the following year, it was recommissioned as the USS Sailfish. The Hams are hoping that the special event will help everyone remember the Squalus, its crew, and the civilians on board. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Kevin Trotman, N5PRE. The Wireless Institute of Australia wants to see hams gain greater access to more frequencies. Graham Kemp, VK4BB, explains. The Wireless Institute of Australia is pressing for increased amateur access to the spectrum in the range between 3 and 10 megahertz, saying the expansion will enhance what it calls frequency agility. That's an option the WIA says amateurs need as they battle congestion, high-power HF radar systems and overwhelming interference. The WIA is also advocating study of the bands between 2300 and 2302 MHz and 3300 to 4200 MHz. This recommendation comes in the wake of the WIA's attendance at the ACMA's technical liaison group meetings for frequencies between 3400-3475 MHz. The WIA committed itself to be involved in all other groups relevant to UHF and SHF bands as needed. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Graham Kemp, VK4BB. The WIA has made the request to the Australian Communications and Media Authority in its five-year spectrum outlook. If you've been on the fence about what kind of antenna is best for your operations, you might want to have a talk with Hannah Kemp Welch, M7HKW. The London YL is on the fence, too. In fact, she and a group of fellow artists recently connected their shortwave radios to some fences with interesting results. Here's Jeremy Boot, G4NJH. There are dipoles, Yargis, delta loops and multiband verticals, but Hannah Kemp-Welsh prefers to connect her radio to a fence. She and a group of like-minded artists demonstrated recently how good fences can make good connections. On Saturday the 1st of May, the women went to various locations in the UK and France as part of a virtual performance by their year-old group, the Shortwave Collective. The project was called Fence Tenor. The goal was to use the receiving properties of their chosen fence to scan the shortwave bands, whether it was a fence at a former railway station in London or part of a sheepfold fence in France, they obtained respectable reception. As seen and heard in a video posted on YouTube in one demonstration, they picked up everything from a two-metre beacon to a variety of voices from China, Russia and Spain. One member of the video audience remarked in the accompanying chat, quote, If someone could pick up the Wednesday game for me, that would be great, unquote. To watch the video, see the link in this week's Newsline script on our website, arnewsline.org. Although it's often said that fences can divide, it's clear these fences succeeded in making a series of new connections and all through the power of radio. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Jeremy Boot, G4NJH. The youngest hams in IARU Region 1 are taking their online format to a new level by introducing an interactive environment. Ed Durant, DD5LP, fills in the details. The shape of Yota Online, the virtual gathering spot for young amateurs in IARU Region 1, is changing. It's making the move from live stream to interactive forum. The format, which goes into effect in July, was outlined in late April by Region 1 Youth Working Group leaders during an online meeting. 
the April 29th session was in fact identified as the last such meeting under the old format, which was streamed live on YouTube, Facebook and Twitch. Claudia Grober, DC2CL, a member of the public relations team, said the simple live stream meetings are giving way to interactive sessions with voice and chat capability. She said the experience will be more like a bar camp style, referring to the fluid, open environment often called the unconference. The point of shifting to a new format is, in true ham radio spirit, better communication. She said to young viewers who tuned in, see you in July. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Ed Durant, DD5LP. A recent Earth Day event in California became a showcase for the public safety role that radio can play, and one group of hams made the most of it. Here's Jack Parker, W8ISH, with more. As residents in Pollock Pines, California, celebrated the spirit of Earth Day at a four-hour community event, the El Dorado County Amateur Radio Club joined in to celebrate the spirit of communications. The club showcased its Neighborhood Radio Watch program, which gives non-hams an important public safety role in emergencies through their use of affordable general mobile radio service handhelds, as well as pagers and scanners. According to the club's public information officer, Alan Thompson, W6WN, this technology is especially important in a region so prone to deadly wildfires. He said the club started three such programs in Northern California last year and is preparing to launch three more before wildfire season takes hold this year. Allen said residents clearly got the club's message during the Earth Day event and a few former amateur radio operators stopped by expressing interest in becoming active in radio again and joining the club. Allen said everyone, even the club itself, benefits from the partnering with Don Hams and Neighborhood Watch. He said, quote, These neighborhood radio watch programs have had the unexpected benefit of generating tremendous local goodwill and PR for our club. It has expanded our membership and dramatically increased donations. Community radio programs like these could be key in helping ensure the future of many clubs and even amateur radio itself, end quote. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Jack Parker, W8ISH. Time for you to identify your station. We are the Amateur Radio Newsline, heard on bulletin stations around the world, including the W3NTT repeater in Palmerton, Pennsylvania, at 9 p.m. on Sundays. If you enjoy sending, or simply receiving, in the digital modes, there's a radio show you might want to tune into. Ben Cobb, AK4AV, brings us this report. You've probably heard the sound of MFSK32 in the hand bands. But if you hear it in the shortwave broadcast bands, chances are you're hearing shortwave radiogram. It's a radio show that transmits text and images using digital modes familiar to radio amateurs, but the digital sounds are broadcast in AM. The weekly half-hour show airs on shortwave stations WRMI in Florida and WINB in Pennsylvania. Shortwave Radiogram just celebrated its 200th episode with broadcasts April 15 through 18. The project began in 2012 on The Voice of America as VOA Radiogram. Producer Kim Andrew Elliott, KD9XB, explained why he created this unique program. 
With more and more countries finding more and more ways to block the internet, we can use radio to get uncensored news into denied areas. Digital text modes via old analog shortwave radio transmitters can do this job. The content gets through even in reception conditions where voice content is difficult to understand. When Kim retired from VOA in 2017, he moved the show to WRMI and WINB and changed the name to Shortwave Radiogram. Every week, listeners from all over the U.S. and the world decode the text and images and post them on social media for discussion. Kim posts information and the show schedule online at swradiogram.net. That's swradiogram.net. I'm Ben Cobb, AK4AV, for Newsline. The regulator in the Falkland Islands has set a deadline for non-residents seeking revalidation of their VP8 call signs. Here's Robert Broomhead, VK3DN, with that story. Hams holding a non-resident lifetime license in the Falkland Islands, a VP8 call sign, need to have those call signs revalidated by the Falkland Islands Communication Regulator. In making the announcement on the 27th of April, the regulator said the revalidation is also open to hams who previously held such a licence. This is the third and final opportunity hams will have at revalidation and any licence not properly revalidated will be considered terminated as of the 1st of September. The regulator has set a deadline of August 13th for all applications. The form is available as a download from the regulator's website, which appears in the print version of this week's newscast script at arnewsline.org. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Robert Broomhead, VK3DN. Amateurs in the UK are getting a chance to have input with planners of a workshop this fall on Ham Radio's future. Jeremy Boot, G4NJH, is following that story. To assist the IARU Region 1 with the strategic workshop it has planned on the future of amateur radio, the Radio Society of Great Britain is asking hams in the UK and even UK radio enthusiasts who don't have a licence to participate in a short survey. The questions ask for views on threats to amateur radio, opportunities that exist in amateur radio and any strengths and weaknesses they see in amateur radio. The information will be provided to Region 1 organisers of the workshop who have asked the region's national societies to provide this input. The workshop, which will be held in the autumn, hopes to address how national societies can increase their memberships and how the IARU can improve its services to the ham radio community. If you're interested in sharing your views, you have until the 23rd of May. Visit the website at rsgb.org slash survey. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Jeremy Bucci for NJH. A decorated military veteran and a longtime member of the military auxiliary radio system has become a silent key. Larry Tristan Walker, K4LLQ, died at home in Ogden, Utah on the 25th of April. According to his obituary, Larry was an Army career officer and recipient of many medals during his 23 years of military service. He received the Bronze Star, the Legion of Merit, the Meritorious Service Medal, the Army Commendation Medal, Republic of Vietnam Campaign Medal, and the Republic of Vietnam Gallantry Cross. His career in amateur radio began as a youngster in Georgia where he got his license and became the state's youngest ham at the time. 
Larry later became active in Mars, which he served for 58 years. He was also a member and past president of the Fonky Air Amateur Radio Association in Warrington, Virginia. Larry was 83. A new video highlights the way that the Radio Society of Great Britain kept amateur radio vibrant during the 2020 pandemic and lockdown. Newsline is especially proud that we were able to honor the Get on the Air to Care campaign by presenting it with our International Newsmaker of the Year Award. The Go to 2C campaign was conceived of by Paul Devlin, G1SMP, and put into action by the RSGB and the UK's National Health Service. For a look at the various initiatives the RSGB accomplished in spite of pandemic conditions, watch the five-minute video on YouTube. We have provided a link in the script of this week's newscast at arnewsline.org. In the world of DX, be listening for Ed, ES2TT, operating as ES2TT-8 from Kinu Island in the Baltic Sea between the 29th and 30th of May. Listen on 40, 30, and 20 meters where he will be using CW and single sideband. QSL via his home call sign, direct, or via the Bureau. In a Newsline report that aired on October of 2019, we told the story of two older hams and an enduring friendship between them, an American heart surgeon in his 80s and a retired TV engineer in his 90s. The engineer became a silent key last month. Kent Peterson, KC0DGY, has that story, which concludes this week's report for Newsline. In the logbook of a radio amateur's life, there are endless contacts, but perhaps few more valid than the ones logged by Ted Trowell, G2HKU, during his 98 years. The retired TV engineer, who became a silent key on April 13th, was a respected member of the UK's ham radio community for his long lifetime on the air. He'd been a ham since before the Second World War, using the call sign 2HKU. Two years ago, he received the highest honor from the First Class Radio Operators Club, presented to him personally by an American heart surgeon, Bill Maxson, N4AR, who flew from the U.S. to hand it personally to Ted, a cherished friend he'd first met on the air in the late 1950s. The occasion marked their second eyeball QSO during the pair's seven decades of countless rag chews. Edward Harry Ted Trollwell was described in one UK newspaper as one of Britain's oldest and longest-serving radio amateurs. He had been a member of the FOC and the CDXC. He died just weeks after marking his 98th birthday. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Kent Peterson, KC0DGY. With thanks to Alan Thompson, W6WN, Amateur News Weekly, the ARRL, Bob Ringwald, KCYBV, Bob Ringwald, K6YBV, CBS, CNN, CQ Magazine, David Behar, K7DB, DX News, Ham Radio Friedrichshafen, Kent Online, The Leavenworth Times, Maine Ham Radio Society, Naval History and Heritage Command, Ohio Penn DX Newsletter, QRZ.com, the Radio Society of Great Britain, Southgate Amateur Radio News, shortwaveradio.de, Ted Randall's QSO Radio Show, WTWW Shortwave, the Wireless Institute of Australia, YouTube, Yoda Online, and you, our listeners, that's all from the Amateur Radio Newsline. Please send emails to our address at newsline at arnewsline.org. More information is available at Amateur Radio Newsline's only official website at arnewsline.org. Be sure to follow some of these stories as they get a more in-depth look on the YouTube channel of 100 Watts and a Wire. Search for the video segment with the title, 
two stories. For now, with Karen Eve Murray, KD2GUT at the News Desk in New York, and our news team worldwide, I'm Paul Brown, WD9GCO in Valparaiso, Indiana, saying 73. And as always, we thank you for listening. Amateur Radio Newsline is copyright 2021. All rights reserved.